Our text for today is from Isaiah, the 64th chapter, verses 1 through 9. I read in part, We have all become like one who is unclean, and all our righteous deeds are like a polluted garment. We all fade like a leaf in our iniquities, like the wind take us away. So be not terribly angry, O Lord, and remember not your iniquity forever. Remember not iniquity forever. Behold, please look. We are all your people. Dear friends of Christ, it is Advent. It is that reflective time where we look at ourselves and we see our iniquity. It's never good to look at the law because the law condemns us. And, 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 but if you look at the law, you begin to realize the type of sinner that we are. And that's why Romans uh, 3.20 says the purpose of the law is to show us our sin. So the law is to look in a mirror and say, you know what, I'm not what God wants me to be. I deserve to be punished. We look at the law and the law condemns us, and that's good. The law is doing a good thing when it puts you on your knees and when it makes you cry out, God have mercy upon me, a sinner. People don't like the law because it makes them feel bad. But in the time of Advent, that's what we do. We look at ourselves and we feel guilty and if you understand God's law, and you understand that you haven't kept His Ten Commandments, then you'll feel that separation from God. And if you're saying, well, I, I keep the Ten Commandments, and then God tells you, no, no, that's why I gave them, to, so that you might realize that you don't. And, and, and you can disagree with God, but you'll have that conversation with Him in eternity. God says we've all broken every commandment. And there isn't one that we've kept. And if you know that you've broken them, you, then you know what it feels like to be separated. And Isaiah knew that feeling. God, You have hidden Your face from us. You've hidden Your face from us. And You've made, you've made us melt in the hand of our iniquities. What do you do with a handful of iniquities and sin? What do you have? What do you do when, when your, your sinful life is exposed to God and, and you carry in your hand the melted, melting pot of all your darkness and all your deeds and you say, here Lord, this is what I have to offer and there's no place to hide from your Creator. How do you feel when your sins are openly exposed to God? Well, if you love your relationship, appreciate your relationship with your Heavenly Father, uh, then your sins are going to leave you a bit perplexed. They're going to leave you feeling from time to time forsaken, and rightfully so, because by our sins we deserve to be forsaken by God. Our sins should divide us. But season is a season of repentance. It's a season of introspection. It's a season of honest appraisal of who we are as children of God. So we look to ourselves, but we also look to Jesus. And because, again, as we do that, we know we need a Savior, and we know Christ has come. And the two intersect. We need a Savior, and the Savior comes, and so we pray our theme, Come Lord Jesus. I want to consider our text here from the prophet Isaiah. In chapter 64, he felt forsaken by God, 
Um, because indeed, God's had forsaken His people. The people once again had been foolish. Israel once again had decided they were going to follow the example of all the countries around them, of all the unbelievers worshiping all the false gods. In all the unbelieving world, they slowly, step by step, began to look just like the rest of the world. Step by step, they did what the rest of the world did. And this sinful disobedience wrapped up her arms of desire around their souls and this sinful disobedience began to choke them and envelop the believers so that no longer could they cling to God. No longer could they embrace the Lord because they were sucked up by their iniquity. Sucked away by the world. And once again, the people of Israel who had time and time and time again, over and over again, just like we even do in our own day, had wandered away from the Lord and following in His ways. And they were living as if they had no God. The power of sin had taken their lives over. Isaiah, in his day, Israel, was taking sin lightly. And Isaiah could see how it affected the people. He looked out, God was not with the people. God's promise was not with the people. People were not living according to God's promise. And, 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 and he could see the brokenness in the marriages. He could see the broken families. He could see the anger that was growing between husband and wife and, and parents and children. And, and, and the anger that was growing with among the people. Everybody was coming shorter with each other. He saw their depression. He saw their despondency. He saw their hopelessness. He saw how all the people lacked purpose. They didn't know what they were doing. They didn't know why they were doing it. And they didn't know where they were going. And he saw them pursue their sinful pleasures because they had nothing left to pursue except those things that would make them feel good. And he watched them fall from faith. He watched them fall from God's grace. Sound familiar at all? How about us? We sin too. We, we tell filthy jokes and we laugh as though, as though it's no big deal. We, we treat sin lightly. We will listen to things that are unacceptable to the Lord. We watch things on TV that are unacceptable to the Lord. And yet we laugh. And we giggle and make light of it with no regret and there's no remorse and there's no repentance. We too allow ourselves to be tempted by the world, enveloped by its arms of desire, which embrace us. And we want to be embraced. There are times where even we even run into temptation because we want to sin. We intentionally put ourselves in a position where we'll fail because we want to do what's forbidden and what's accepted by the world. I want you to, but I want you to think for a moment, okay? What would it be like to live in a truly decadent, immoral society? A society where husbands don't love their wives as they love themselves. A society where husbands don't serve their, their wives. 
Uh, husbands where wives don't serve their husbands as they serve the Lord. A society where children don't listen to the voice of their teachers and their parents. A society where authority is challenged at every corner. A society that condemns all those who do right and supports those who do wrong. How, how can good Christians live in such a society? Good question. And it's a good question for us today, isn't it? Do you know how joy disappears in life? It happens when a culture, when a society, when a people feed itself on a steady diet of moral decay. And step by step, they fall further from the Lord. We need to stop and think. As God's people, how are we participating in all that? As God's people, how are we encouraging all that? Think about what we're doing. Think about how we're serving the Lord. Think about how we contribute to our society. Are we like Israel? They wanted God, but they didn't want to change from their sin. They wanted God, but they wanted their sin too. Isaiah watched all this spiritual deterioration. He watched the spiritual collapse of his people all around him. And he didn't think the people would ever turn around again. And it frustrated him. Out of frustration, he even blames God. He blames God for all this sinful mess among the people. And he says, Lord, why do you make us wander? Why do you make us wander from your ways? Why do you harden our hearts? Lord, why? Why don't you just come down? Come down from heaven and make your appearance so that we know you're here. So that we'll turn from our sinful ways and acknowledge you to be the Lord. But is God to blame for our sin? Is God to blame for His not coming? Is God to blame for our rebellious hearts? Is God to blame for our wandering ways? <laughs> Certainly not. But if you've ever tried to shake off that sinful behavior, that you know Isaiah's frustration. Isaiah felt God forsaken. Have you ever felt God forsaken? As though God has left you alone? Well, welcome to a large and to a very distinguished company. Because even the great prophet Isaiah wondered, God, where are you? Even Martin Luther had moments of despondency and despair during the Reformation. And he said, Lord, what are you doing with the church? Why is evil winning? Why is there so much darkness? Why is there so much brokenness? Why is there so much sin? He wondered, Isaiah did, if God was ever going to come back to His people. Feeling forsaken because Israel was going through a difficult time. In their history, many bad things were happening to them too. And when bad things happen to people, we all wonder, where's God? I think we can identify with that. Times were hard, people were oppressed, and when times are hard and and people are oppressed, our relationship with God begins to be strained. Our walk with God begins to stumble. 
And when things go from bad to worse, our faith and trust in God wavers. And we struggle. And we hold God at a distance. Don't get too close. But then we begin to ask questions, spiritual questions. Questions that can be helpful. Why are things going so badly in my life? Why is God letting me struggle? Why is the world getting so bad? Why is God hiding His face from my sin? Why is God hiding Himself from me? Where is He? I can't find Him. How's my relationship with Him? Do I trust in His promises? Do I obey His commands? Am I willing to let Him be my God? Or do I want to be the God of my own life? So where are you at in this Advent season? Isaiah wanted God to come. He wanted to rend open the heavens. He wanted God to appear. He wanted the Messiah to come down. He wanted God to set things straight, set His people straight, to reveal Himself to His people, to lead His people, to teach His people, to guide His people, to love His people, to turn them from their ways, and to assure them of of His mercy to assure them of His patience. Well, Isaiah did never get to see, never did get to see God open up the heavens and come down. Isaiah Isaiah never got to see the Messiah come. But things are different for us. The Messiah has come. He opened up the heavens and He's come down to be among us. And He's made a personal appearance in the person of Jesus Christ. And He came to earth. It's Advent. And He's come. He's come to encourage you. He's come to teach you. He's come to guide you. He's come to wash your sins away. He's come to let you know that He'll never leave you. That He'll never forsake you. He's come to turn you from your sin. And He came 2,000 years ago, but He's coming today. He comes to you right here in, in, in this meal, the, the body and blood of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and the bread and wine of His Lord's Supper. He comes to you in a very private, very personal way in eating and drinking for the forgiveness of your sins. He comes to assure you that He'll be with you. Before Christ was born, Zechariah, remember him? Zechariah, filled with the Holy Spirit, prophesied, saying, Blessed is the Lord God of Israel, for He has visited us. Blessed is the Lord God of Israel. He has visited and redeemed His people and has raised up for us a horn of salvation that we should be saved for our enemies. God has visited us. This is Advent. Emmanuel, God with us. He has come for you to strengthen you, to uplift you, and He's coming again. And we pray, then come, Lord Jesus. That's our penitent cry. And it matters that He comes. It matters that He comes to you. And and, and to help us better understand how His coming changes everything, I want to use a, a story by Stephen Brown. He tells a story about a man and a woman. Um, they met each other. She was 18. He was 19. They fell in love. They got married. Six years later, 
three children. And she's standing in the kitchen with a sink piled of dirty dishes and a pile of dirty laundry and a a pile of dirty diapers. She throws up her hands in the air and she just gives up and she walks out the door and she doesn't come back again. Every now and then she'd call home to see how her children were doing. And when she did, her husband would say, tell her how much he loved her, how much he wanted her to come home, but she would refuse. Eventually, the husband hired a private detective who found his wife in an old hotel in Des Moines. And so he went to Des Moines and knocked on the door, and there she stood in silence. She was stunned to see him there. Didn't know what to do. And then she reaches out her arms and she gives her husband a hug. And they go home together. Later he asked her, when you would call home, why wouldn't you tell me where you were? I I told you how much I loved you. Why why wouldn't you come home? And she she said, before, I felt those were just words you were saying. But now I know how much you love me because you came. Paul told young pastor Timothy, Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, and that matters. Because He did come to suffer and to die and to prove Himself to us. And perhaps you're struggling with God this morning, and, and perhaps you're, maybe you feel like you just can't take it anymore, and you just have to flee the church and flee from God. And you're asking, where, God, where are you? Well, if that's you, you need to know God will never leave you nor forsake you that He comes. Or perhaps you're struggling with sin like the children of Israel, and you feel like your sin has distanced you from God, and you feel separated and, and forsaken. And maybe you feel God hasn't been a part of your life for a long time. Well, don't give up. Christ has come. He's come to teach you salvation. Isaiah cried to God, Oh, that you would rend the heavens and come down. And He has come. It's Advent. He came down for you. He came down to love you. He came down to save you. And so we pray, come Lord Jesus. Amen. And now may the peace of God that passes all understanding keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus and to life everlasting. Amen.